Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 215 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to finish our week off uh, where we've been talking about all these financial crashes and financial crises and stock market crashes and all these different types of things. And today, we are going to talk about the coronavirus pandemic and the impact that it has had on our lives and lessons that we can learn from this particular crash and from this particular shutting down of the economy and how we can come out of this uh, with some clarity and with some knowledge uh, in the same way that we have looked back at previous crashes and come away from those with certain lessons and knowledge that we want to take away and uh, and be able to inform the rest of our financial life uh, and our investing lives. So stay tuned for all of that and more in today's episode. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan that's specific to you and your family's needs and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can help you do that. Uh, just feel free to DM me uh, on Instagram or Twitter uh, or message me on Facebook or whatever it may be, uh, and I would be glad to help you to build a financial plan that you and your family can work through and that I can help you to stay accountable to over the long term. So this past year and a half has been pretty wild. I think we can all agree uh, that this has been unlike anything that we've ever seen before. What's the word that's you know jumped around for a year and a half? Unprecedented, right? It's absolutely unprecedented what the coronavirus pandemic has done to our lives and has done uh, to the financial system and has done uh, to our psyches and our behaviors, right? Our behaviors have changed uh, since the coronavirus pandemic has come into our lives, right? But there are things about this pandemic that are very similar, especially financially and economically, uh, to previous crashes. And there are a lot of things that we can take from this crash, from this uh, economic meltdown, which is self-induced, and we'll talk more about that here in a little while, but there are things that we can take from this uh, and allow ourselves to grow financially and become better at what we do when it comes to our investing, when it comes to our saving, when it comes to our budgeting or you know our debt repayment or whatever it may be, right? It can help us to become better if we just learn from this specific set of circumstances. So, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, you know, late February, early March, coronavirus was on the scene. And it was something that at the beginning, there were a lot of people who weren't really worried about it, didn't think it was such a big deal. You know, I think we all remember uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. Of course, that was uh, something that, that we all heard, but uh, things went on a lot, lot longer than that, right? We've, you know, still been wearing masks up until uh, the recent past when, you know, we've been told that, uh, you know, if you're vaccinated, you can not wear a mask and all those different types of things from the CDC. And we've gotten a lot of differing views uh, on what should happen and what could happen. But uh, regardless, our lives had to go on. And for many of us, our lives had to go on in a new way, in a different way. Our lives had to go on uh, where, you know, if you're working, well, maybe now you're working from home uh, or, you know, maybe you're going into the office some and working from home at other times. Or uh, maybe you lost a job because, uh, you know, you weren't considered an essential worker when the economy was shut down. Uh, or maybe you worked for a company that just couldn't hold on to you 
any longer because of the amount of money that they were losing for remaining operational during the pandemic and they had to let you go. Uh, or maybe you you know, found the job of your dreams. Maybe something positive happened out of the pandemic. And I don't want to discount that because you know I've had a lot of thought about uh, the pandemic and I, and I know that a lot of people have struggled. A lot of people have had big financial issues. A lot of people have had things that uh, have never happened to them before. Uh, and they've had to go through all of this struggle and this pain and this hurt and this loss. Uh, but some people actually had really good year and a half, right? A lot of people uh, actually had a lot of positive come out of the pandemic, uh, even though we all lost some things and we all had uh, some negativity, some things that just had to change within our lives, okay? But what I want to help you to understand today is that whether the pandemic has gone okay for you or good for you or whether it's gone really bad, you can take these sets of lessons that I'm going to talk about today uh, and you can allow yourself to grow. You can take these things and allow yourself uh, to understand that these principles that I teach are not just for uh, something that I think can help you. These are timeless principles. These are things uh, that even in you know one of the you know, weirdest situations and most serious situations of our entire life when it comes to uh, the coronavirus pandemic, we can still apply these financial principles and they can help us and guide us along the way. And they can help us to be the best money managers that we can possibly be. And it can help us to push towards long-term financial freedom, which I think is absolutely paramount. And that's what I try to teach to you guys every single day here on this show. Okay. So I just want to go through uh, some things that I teach and why the coronavirus pandemic taught us a lesson about that specific thing, right? It, so uh, just for instance, and I'm going to start here, I'm going to start with budgeting. Okay. Uh, I tell you all the time, and it's the first part of the financial action plan, that budgeting uh, is paramount and that you should do a unique monthly budget every single month where you have your income at the top and then all of your expenses and it should be zero based, meaning uh, every single dollar that you bring in should have a name and it should be allocated in some way, shape or form. Now, why has the pandemic shown us that budgeting is important and that we should budget? Well, we saw that a lot of people lost their jobs, right? We saw that uh, a lot of people uh, didn't have any way to make income because they were uh, self-employed and their businesses got shut down and they were forced to not work, right? Uh, and if you are forced into not working, right, and you are overspending based on your income, then it's going to be very, very difficult to stay afloat for any amount of time, even, or even if you're working a little bit, right? If your income gets cut and you don't have any margin in your budget, you don't have any room in your budget in order to uh, make some adjustments and be able to live on a little bit less income, uh, then it's going to be very, very difficult. If you're living on you know, a paycheck-to-paycheck basis and every single dollar that you're bringing in is being spent out, uh, then that is problematic. If you don't have any margin in your budget, that is going to be problematic. So the coronavirus pandemic shows us that budgeting is important and that we need to know where our income is coming from and we need to know what our expenses are. And even more than that, we need to cut out unnecessary expenses and cut out unnecessary spending because when something negative happens, right, and something unforeseen happens and we have all these unnecessary expenses that we continue to pay on, these unnecessary expenses can take away the margin in our budget and it can really decrease uh, the amount of money that we have to live on and it can force us into negative situations where we have to go into debt or we have to borrow money from someone or something, right, where we're indebted to someone else. And that's the last thing that we want is to be indebted to someone because because 
as I've said a million times on this show, if you are in debt, debt is going to be a strain on your cash flow, right? Debt is only going to take money from you, right? It's not going to provide you any money. It is going to take money away from you, right? Uh, that's the nature of debt. You borrow money and that money has to be repaid with interest. So they are taking money away from you in interest if you're having to borrow money. And if you don't properly budget, if you don't have the proper uh, you know, expenses and the proper margin in your budget, uh, and then you can't work as much or you have to take a job working less or something along those lines, uh, then you are going to be uh, you know, in a bad situation. And a lot of people were, and a lot of people may still be since the coronavirus pandemic has come through. Okay. Now, right along those same lines, what did the coronavirus pandemic teach us? It taught us that emergencies happen, right? This may have created an emergency in the lives of many. Okay. And what do I tell you guys within the financial action plan? We need to have an emergency fund. We need to have money that if something happens, that is an emergency, that is unforeseen, that, you know, we didn't have any way to plan for, right? We didn't have any way to plan for it and we couldn't have saved up for it and it just happens. And then we have to spend money based on the fact that this thing happened, right? Then we need an emergency fund in order to cover that set of situations, whatever those situations may be. And the coronavirus pandemic created such an emergency for a lot of people. So it showed that uh, the second part of the financial action plan, which is building a month's worth of expenses, in an emergency fund. And then subsequently, the fifth part of the financial action plan, which is saving up four to six months worth of household expenses uh, in an emergency fund. Both of those steps are vital, right? They're vital in building a strong financial foundation. Because let's say you lost your job during the pandemic. If you lost your job, uh, then you likely we're looking for work after you lost the job, right? You're looking for a new job. Well, if you have four to six months worth of household expenses in an emergency fund, and let's say you're the primary breadwinner in your household, well, that, that means you have four to six months in order to get your life back together, get a new job, right? Readjust to whatever just happened to you. Is it an ideal situation? Absolutely not. But uh, it can allow you to get back on your feet in a proper way. And not to mention, if you have four to six months of household expenses uh, and something negative happens, well, you're really going to cut down your expenses quite a bit. So that four to six months might actually last you longer. But the coronavirus pandemic taught us, right? this is a lesson that it's teaching us, is that emergency funds are necessary. Having liquid money that you can get your hands on in an emergency fund is absolutely necessary. And when I say an emergency fund, I don't mean money that you have invested right? I don't mean money that you have stashed in Bitcoin, right? What I mean is money that is in some high yield savings account or money market account, uh, something that is extremely liquid and that we're not trying to grow outstandingly, right? We're not trying to grow this money. We're not putting this money at risk. This money is insurance against tragedy. It is not uh, an investment. It's not money that we are investing. It is insurance. We put insurance in place to protect our investments, right? Why do you have homeowner's insurance? To protect your house. Why do you have uh, car insurance? To protect your car, right? So an emergency fund is protecting your finances, right? It's protecting your financial life. It's protecting your investments, okay? So uh, we have to have that emergency fund in place. And when we have this emergency fund in place, it allows us time uh, to um, process what's going on around us. It allows us time uh, to rebuild whatever has been broken down. And 
uh, it allows us to maybe step into a new place that is actually better than the previous place that we were in. Because if you have this emergency fund set up and you lose a job, right? You don't have to just take the absolute first job open, right? You can be a tad more selective. Now, uh, obviously, if a bunch of people are losing their jobs and you actually find one, you don't want to be far too selective, but you can be a bit more selective and uh, you can actually shop your skills in better markets. You can actually uh, try to make changes in your life that you've always wanted to make and just didn't have the courage to do so. But now, since you have the time and the money in order to make such changes, uh, then it's going to be possible, right? It's possible that you can uh, leverage that emergency fund into a new job, into uh, a career field that you've always wanted to do, into a new small business, into any number of things uh, that can help you out financially uh, and can help you to live your dreams as far as your career uh, and your financial freedom goals. Now, am I saying that it's easy to get a job if you've lost a job? Absolutely not. Am I saying uh, that it's easy to um, you know, have four to six months worth of expenses. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is, is that being intentional enough and following a plan to get to this point can allow you more margin. It can allow you uh, the ability to make decisions that other people cannot make. And I know this is uh, really negative and I don't want to harp on it too much, but you know, a lot of people died this year, right? A lot of people died based on uh, you know, catching COVID and uh, that was uh, ultimately their demise. And um, in having such a, an emergency fund, right? If you have a family member that passes away, right? If your parents pass away, if a child passes away, if your spouse passes away, whoever it may be, right? You have emergency fund money there uh, in order to pay for their final expenses and things of the like. You don't have to worry uh, about having to come up with money because you have already set that money aside, right? This is the importance of an emergency fund. It can create a sense of security even in times of panic, even in times of high emotion uh, and high volatility. You can still uh, you know, have this security and this calm in order to make the proper decisions because that's a big thing when it comes to decision-making is your emotions, right? If everything's really emotional and seems really urgent and seems like you have no other choices and you have to make you know, a decision now and you have to do it, do it, do it, do it in order to just live, in order to just get by and you're very stressed out and you're very anxious, uh, then you're probably not going to make one, the best decisions. And two, you're probably not going to be able uh, to do the thing that you want to do. Okay. So the emergency fund can really open up a lot of doors for us. And the coronavirus pandemic taught us that an emergency fund is absolutely necessary. Okay. Now, what other lesson did the coronavirus pandemic teach us? It also taught us that being in debt is a bad idea. Okay, being in debt is bad. Okay, it's not good to be in debt. Now, what makes me say this? Well, I talked about budgeting, right? And I talked about how uh, we wanted to have margin in our budget in case something negative happens, okay? And we want to have an emergency fund built up. We want to have emergency funds. That way, if something negative happens, then we can continue on uh, in a relatively normal way until we get back on our feet in a new career, right? But if we have debt, those are obligations that we must pay and obligations that we must meet. We must pay on those debts, okay? But if you don't pay on the debts, then you're gonna get whatever the debt is on taken away from you, right? Or your credit score is gonna take a hit, or uh, you know somebody's gonna come and repo a car, or whatever it may be, right? Uh, but we have to pay those debts. Well, the more debts that you have to pay, the tighter your budget is going to get, and the more constrained your cash flow is going to be, and your emergency fund won't go as far 
if you have debt. That's why in the financial action plan, I tell you to build up that one month of expenses. Then I say, okay, you know, you can take your employer match. If you have an employer match in the third part of the financial action plan, uh, and you can invest just up to the match. If you have that opportunity, if not, you move to the fourth part, which is paying off all consumer debt other than your home. Right. And if you pay off all of that consumer debt, then you get all the unnecessary expenses out of the way. And then you build up the big emergency fund. The reason I tell you to get out of debt and then build up the big emergency fund is because you don't need to have a bunch of cash laying around if you're making debt payments, right? First of all. And then second of all, uh, we want to, once we build up that big cash, we want that cash uh, to be there in case something happens and we can cover just the bare necessities and we're not having to make debt payments with our emergency fund. That's the last thing that you want to be doing. Okay. So we need to be out of debt because we are going to be strained if we are constantly in debt, right? There are a ton of people who, you know, had to get, uh, you know, help on their mortgage or uh, their mortgage had to be restructured or uh, any number of things. There's a bunch of people that uh, when some of this legislation runs out, uh, may be in really bad positions because uh, they didn't have a good idea as far as debt goes in the first place, right? The more debt we take out, the more risk we take on. And if you're not able to make your debt payments, and even if you are able to make your debt payments, if something negative happens, uh, those debt payments are really going to eat away at the money that you do have and your ability to cover emergencies that may come. Okay. So the coronavirus pandemic teaches us debt, not a good thing. And you have to remember that things like student loans that you could put in forbearance or you could defer till later, right? Those things are still accruing interest. Or, you know, if your mortgage, if you were able to uh, defer your mortgage payments for a while, all that's doing is saying, hey, you're going to have to make all of these payments, but we're going to give you time and then you'll have to make all those payments later, which is going to be negative for a lot of people because a lot of people think that uh, that just means that they're not going to have to make the payment and they can just pick up payments later. That's not the case. They're going to make you make up for all of those payments. And if you don't have the money in order to do so, which a lot of people don't, that can be problematic. So we need to stay out of debt, stay out of consumer debt uh, and be able uh, to live a financially free life in that way. Now, if you don't have your mortgage paid off, that's one thing uh, that's perfectly fine. But uh, other types of debt can be problematic. Uh, credit cards, car loans, student loans, and they can really eat away at your cash flow in times of emergency. Now, what is another lesson that the coronavirus pandemic taught us? It taught us to buy the dips. Okay, It taught us to buy the crash. Okay, It taught us to invest even when it's uncomfortable to invest. Now I tell you in the sixth part of the financial action plan to be uh, investing at least 15% of your household income every single month, right? And in doing so, right, you should be dollar cost averaging, right? You should be systematically investing, putting money in, investing, investing, investing in a systematic manner, uh, no matter if the market's up or the market's down. But if you have some extra money and the market crashes, right, like it did in March of last year, right, you have to have the bravery, right? The courage in order to jump into that market. You have to have uh, the uh, wherewithal to know that once the market falls a certain amount, right? It is on sale and the market fell over a third uh, in last year's crash. And in doing so, it provided a huge buying opportunity for many. I bought, I know a lot of people who bought at those lows uh, and have made a lot of money ever since then because the stock market is a front runner and it goes down, 
very quick relative to everything else because the stock market crashed before COVID cases got anywhere near their peak. By the time COVID cases were at their peak, the stock market was already well out of its gully and back into positive uh, territory for the year of 2020. Right? So we have to understand that uh, the opportunity to buy big dips does not come along very often. Right? But not only should we buy the dips, not only is, is that a lesson that the coronavirus pandemic teaches us about investing, we also have to understand that you can't sell when the market crashes, okay? You can't jump out when the market crashes and then expect to time it well in order to get back in at the right time. You're gonna miss out on the upside. You need to stay invested, systematically invest, buy dips if you have the opportunity to buy dips. If you're buying individual stocks, buy individual stocks uh, that are going to uh, be of good quality over the long term and that you can get at steep discounts. Buy them and hold them and buy them and hold them and buy them and hold them, right? But do not get out of the market because it crashes because when it has crashed, that's the absolute worst time to get out of the market. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. And being greedy when others are fearful would have meant that when the market crashed, that you were a net buyer, that you were somebody who was not uh, selling your stocks, was not selling your mutual funds, was not cashing out your 401k, which is one of the craziest, dumbest things that you can do investing wise is to cash out uh, a tax advantaged account like a 401k or an IRA or something of the like, especially a 401k because of all the penalties associated. But we don't want to be cashing out when the market crashes, we want to be adding to our positions. We want to be doing more. We want to be able to get the upside that there is out of the bottom of a market. Uh, and the coronavirus pandemic gave you a very good chance to do that. And if nothing else, it taught you uh, that when these crashes happen, they typically happen very swiftly and you can buy from a relative bottom. You don't have to be at the perfect bottom. Not many people were buying at the perfect bottom. But uh, if you know that the market, when it falls by more than 20 or 30%, right? Uh, that that's a really good buying opportunity that the market's on sale, then systematically buy at that point with any extra money that you have. And the coronavirus pandemic gave us the opportunity to do that. But it also taught us that the investments that we hold, especially if you're uh, a stock market investor, right? They can fluctuate in value quite a bit, right? When there's a lot of uncertainty, right? Your investments can fluctuate in value quite a bit. And I, I don't know about you guys, you can feel it though, in your chest, you can feel the tension building when the market continues to drop day after day and you see your account balances dropping more and more day after day. And uh, some people just say, don't look. Well, I'm not of the, the group that says, don't look, right? I think you should know what's going on and you should understand what's happening to the value of your money, but also understand that if you don't lock in those losses, if you don't sell at the bottom, if you don't sell when the market's going down, then you can recoup the losses. And in the case of 2020 and every other crash that the stock market's had over the long term, that has happened, right? You have seen recoveries from the bottom. If you would have just held on, if you would have just ridden the roller coaster down that steep drop and then held on to the other side, uh, things were okay. And they were okay within uh, really a three month, four month span. Things were back to normal uh, in the stock market and they have continued higher since there. So uh, I just think that when it comes to our investing and the way that we think about our investments, uh, the coronavirus pandemic has taught us uh, to be patient, right? To be uh, clear-minded, to be level-headed about the decisions that we make, right? And be logical and buy when we have the opportunity to buy. And don't sell your investments, hopefully ever, until you need them to live off of. 
Keep your investments in place. Continue to add to your positions time and time and time again. Uh, and you will be thankful for that over the long term. Uh, but even if this is something that you did not do, you can learn from this because Ultimately, when the market does crash again, and it will crash again one of these days, whether it's sooner or later, the market will crash again. You can know that the best way to go about that is not to pull money out. It's to add. It's to put money in and get the really good returns from a particular market crash. Okay, so that's a lesson about investing that the coronavirus pandemic taught us. What else did the coronavirus pandemic teach us? It taught us uh, that giving is very important. Right. It taught us that uh, there are people who need. Right. And if you have the opportunity to give, you should absolutely do so. There were a lot of people who needed legitimate help. There were a lot of people who had a lot of you know, personal needs that needed to be met based on the fact that they were living paycheck to paycheck and they lost a job uh, and their finances were not there. Right. They didn't have anything. Uh, but if you had something, then giving is a really good way uh, that you can share in your abundance and have an abundance mindset and do what you are meant to do with money because you are meant to give some, save some, and spend some, right? In differing proportions at different times. To have that financial balance and to do uh, what God has designed you to do with money, right? Because God is the best giver, right? Uh, and so he's designed us to be able to be generous also. And so the coronavirus pandemic teaches us uh, that in times of trouble, be generous. In times of trouble, help those around you, especially if you have the ability to do so. Now, surely you didn't think I was going to get through this episode without bringing up stimulus checks, because obviously uh, that was a big part of the coronavirus pandemic. And so I want to just talk about a few things as far as stimulus checks go uh, and how we can really think about uh, stimulus checks and windfalls of money and things of the like and lessons that we can learn. So, what has the coronavirus pandemic taught us about windfalls of money? Well, it has taught us that if you get money that was not expected, right, you should take care of the things that you have to take care of first. These are your needs and then cover your wants afterward, right? And when you come into any windfall of money, take care of wherever you are in your financial plan first and then move on to something different. Don't jump ahead. Don't jump into something that you're not quite prepared for. I'll give you an example, right? If you're in the part of the financial action plan where you're paying off your debt systematically, right? And you get a big stimulus check, right? However much yours may have been, right? You get the stimulus check. What you should do is put that towards your debt repayment, right? Put it towards whatever part of the financial action plan you're in, right? And then if you, you know, get out of debt with some of it, right? then you move on to your emergency fund and being able to uh, pad your emergency fund. Now, I obviously think that financial balance is extremely important, right? But wherever you are in the financial action plan is where you should use your windfall. Now, I think, and I, I'm a wholehearted believer of this, and this is what I've done, right? You should be a giver of some of each windfall of money because you did not expect that money in the first place, right? So just treat it like your income because you would give some of your income, right? So go ahead and give some of the windfall of money and then use it for whatever part of the financial action plan you're in, right? And if you're in a part of the financial action plan where you've already built the financial foundation, right? Meaning you're out of debt, you have an emergency fund, you're actively investing, right? If you're already in that place, then do something fun with it. Do something frivolous with it. Buy something 
uh, that you want. When I say frivolous, I don't mean go crazy. I just mean buy something that you want. Buy something that uh, you would like to have. And um, you'll be glad that you did, right? Sometimes we want things and we don't have the, the courage to go out and buy them for ourselves or we're not necessarily thinking that we're in the place to go buy those things for ourselves. And then you get a windfall of money and you're in a good place financially. It's okay to buy some things that you want. Uh, but if you're not in that place, you don't need to be jumping to buying things that you want when you're deeply in debt and you have no money in your emergency fund and you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck and all these different types of things, right? You need to make sure your financial foundation is set and then you can use your windfall of money for fun. Okay. I think wholeheartedly uh, that the coronavirus pandemic taught us a lot of things, right? I think we're all going to leave 2020 and 2021 with a whole different mindset uh, as to how we live our lives, how we look at our finances, uh, how we think about the possibility of crashes, right? How we think about uh, the possibility of things going awry at a moment's notice, right? Because none of us expected this. Right? There is uncertainty in the world. There is risk in the world that we just haven't priced in and that we probably aren't going to price in. But if we, financially at least, right? because there are a lot of ramifications of the pandemic that are not financial, and I'm not the expert that you need to talk to about that. right? But from a financial point of view, if you build the foundation that you can build for yourself, and we can all build a financial foundation for ourselves, Okay, uh, you have to take your money into your own hands and you have to take responsibility for where you are and make the decision to like, hey, I'm going to build an emergency savings fund for myself. I'm going uh, to get out of debt, right? I'm going to start investing for my future, right? And have a plan and work the plan and be very systematic. And it may take some time and it may take uh, a lot of struggle and pain to get to where you want to get to, but it's absolutely worth it because then one day when something like the coronavirus pandemic comes on and, and the next crash probably won't have anything to do with a pandemic, right? But when the next crash comes along, you will be able uh, to set where you are and go, okay, I have emergency savings. So if I lose a job or something negative happens, uh, I have some cushion, right? I'm out of debt. So I don't have a big strain on my cash flow. I've been investing for my future. So I have money growing for me, right? Oh, the market crashed. I have you know a stable job. I have money. I can invest uh, in this crash and allow my money to grow even more over time. Right? If you can have the wherewithal uh, to understand these financial basics, these foundational concepts of finance, and be able to apply them, and apply them each time a crash occurs, because crashes have occurred. We've talked about three this week that have occurred in the last 20 years. Right, So just extrapolate that out. If there are three in the next 20 years, right, be prepared. Understand that you can start doing things today to prepare yourself for the next crash and allow yourself to be in a good financial situation when that crash does occur. So hopefully this week has helped you to understand the crashes of the past and the lessons that you can learn and the things that you can do to put yourself in the best financial situation possible uh, to be able to weather the storm when the next crash does come. So thanks for watching this episode. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan that's specific to you or your family's needs and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on uh, Instagram or message me on Twitter or uh, Facebook or whatever it may be, uh, and I can help you uh, to build the 
financial plan that will allow you and your family to grow and push on towards your financial freedom goals and we can work and do that together. So tune in Monday as I talk about investing and not investing if you don't understand. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.